So basically what I'm hearing is that you're close to having a mental breakdown. <laughs> no. I do think occasionally, though, there's like a scene in Working Moms. Like the, I think it's the very beginning. And one of the moms is talking about how she wishes she would just kind of like be hit by a car. And it's just a big... And then mm. she's just kind of in a coma for a little bit. She fantasizes about getting hit by a car. Yeah. And that's right. not necessarily how I feel, but... Sometimes it would be nice to just be able to press pause on life. And go into a coma. <laughs> well, no, like if everything could just stop. Like I think that would be really cool. If just you could just pause the whole world and you could just sit and watch Netflix for like 20 days straight and eat. And then press play. Yeah, and then start again from where you left off. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Lauren. Welcome back to What They Don't Say. Um, today, man, we're just going to be diving into some, some personal shit. I mean, as we always do. I was going to say, it's rare to be like, oh, sexual assault's not that personal, you know? But like, how do you make it not personal? I'm giving a presentation on sexual assault legislation to talk about like what needs to be changed. And that's like a very hard thing to talk about, but I have to like go and present it in front of people and... I'm like trying to figure out, do I make it personal or am I just like, this is a fucking issue that we need to change and that we need to be better about, you know? But it's like, how do I not make it personal? Like I have the credibility to go and talk about this because I like have lived it. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm not gonna go up there and be like, hi, my name is Lauren and I have been sexually assaulted. Welcome to my presentation on sexual assault legislation. Right. And like that feels very weird. And your audience will be like, oh, that's a sexual assault girl. Like, she's the one that's been assaulted. And, you know, you don't want to be labeled as that, but it's just kind of something that people do in their minds. It's a default thing. You know, we like to categorize people. It mm-hmm. makes it easier for us to understand what's going on when we can put people in boxes. Yeah, and we like to find them. So it's like, do I go up there and just let them rip? <laughs> okay, before we dive into this, We are going to be talking about that kind of concept of being labeled a victim or labeled a survivor and what that really means and how society and our culture has kind of created these stigmas surrounding those words. Um, But before we dive into that, today is November 15th, the day that we were recording this, and this is the anniversary of the day that Shannon was sexually assaulted. Cheers. And... (laughs) And I think it's important to note that because we all have like anniversaries, anniversary of traumas and sometimes we like feel really shitty and like we don't understand why because we're like that was five years ago. Why is this impacting me? Why do I like hate everything? Why do I feel depressed, anxious, whatever it might be? Why am I having so many flashbacks? And it's just important to note and to recognize that these anniversary days like we like that you hold that trauma in your body mm-hmm. and your body and your mind recognizes like the time of year this is and what happened during that time and it's important to recognize that and give yourself some grace so yeah Shannon's going to dive a little bit into that mm-hmm. and also read some journal reflections cuz <laughs> she has so many of them so we're going to exploit the fuck out of them. <laughs> Thank you. Respectfully <laughs> putting my laundry all over the world for people to see. Mm-hmm. Um so with this idea of sort of people having traumaversaries, that's what you called it, which I thought was really great. I feel like for me in particular, I have a lot of sort of traumaversaries, right? I have 
like the anniversary of my dad's death, the anniversary of my brother's death, their birthdays or grandparents, like, you know, friends, friends, friends of friends and all these sorts of dates that I have to remember. And every time one of these traumaversaries come, comes around, I feel like I have to be sad on the day that the quote unquote anniversary is. And if I'm not sad, I frequently think like, well, but this is the day where I like I get to be sad. So it's like a get out of jail free card of like I can just lay in my bed and do nothing and just sit and cry. But like today was the first time where I've had a sort of traumaversary where I thought to myself like, oh, I need to be sad. And then I said, wait, no, my trauma isn't just confined to the day that it happened. Right. And so I kind of let myself off the hook in the standpoint of like I woke up, I was in a pretty good mood, like I was productive today. And when I started thinking, oh, I should be sad because four years ago today I was assaulted. I was like, no, I can be sad tomorrow if I need to be sad. I can be sad the next day. And, you know, that's something that we're big advocates for on the podcast is talking about how your trauma doesn't have a timeline. And so if I'm going to be a big preacher of if you need to take a day, take a day. Why am I not giving that to myself? So I would say that this year is the first year where I'm kind of not down in the dumps about it. That's so, awesome. Yeet. Yay. <laughs> Healing and progress. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like to reiterate your point, you know, you don't have to be sad and you shouldn't force yourself to be sad, but it's also recognizing that maybe you just need to be. Mm-hmm. And that totally makes sense. But it's also like there are going to be so many random days throughout the year where you're like, today, I just need to be sad. Today, I just like need to give myself that grace. And that's okay too, you know? Like it's not a linear process. It's not like you go from A to B and then you're like, woo, I'm healed. There's gonna be some, even like years and weeks and months where you're like, I'm so great. Like I don't even think about it. And then all of a sudden, maybe you do have a traumaversary or whatever it might be and it does hit you. And, you know, just remember to like love yourself in those moments and like don't judge yourself. Cause I think that we do. And I think that like, even for myself, when I have bad days, I have to work really hard not to judge myself and just like give myself what I need during that time. And I think it's one of those things where it's this push and pull of wanting to tell people like this, is, this is going to be a hard day for me, or it might be a hard day, but also not wanting to tell anybody in case the day is actually okay. And so last year on November 15th, I wrote something that I'm going to read because Lauren is forcing me to. I'm just kidding. Well, okay. I think... <laughs> I think what is written down is so relatable for so many people, and I think it's very eloquent and well said. Thank you. So what I'm going to read is kind of this little excerpt from my journal talking about this kind of push and pull and how it's just these traumaversaries are just strange. And with this journal, I needed to be noted that like I don't edit any of these. They're like super raw, so my thoughts sometimes like trail off for a bit, but they're just there and they're just like the rawest form of thoughts that I have because I don't even say them out loud. Like they don't even get any air. They just go straight onto the fucking keyboard. So with that, (laughs) okay, November 15th, 2022. It's a strange feeling wanting everyone to know and no one to know it all at the same time. It's a strange ask to want flowers to be put on your doorstep and for the corners of your comforter to be pulled tight for you, while also wanting to do everything for yourself. It's strange wanting to talk about something so badly, but also not wanting to talk at all. It's all just strange. It's strange wanting to be taken care of and wanting to take care of yourself. It's strange to tell people it's important to share how you feel and then not do the same thing when your own body feels broken. 
It's strange not wanting to talk through things for someone who always wants to. Hell, I used to not think it was strange to talk to strangers about my problems if they asked the right questions. Now it feels strange. It feels strange to know that three years ago, right now, I was being raped. It feels strange that I'm not being raped right now. It's strange knowing that I will always have a body that was tainted by one person. It's strange knowing that so much time has passed. It's strange knowing that sometimes it still hurts. It's strange knowing that every year on November 15th, I will think about how loud I cried on the toilet all those years ago. It's strange that a kind nurse named Jennifer or something or something like that told me to get undressed and put my clothes in a white paper napkin. It's strange that only 30 minutes after we met, she poked a camera deep inside my vagina and swabbed the intruders come out of me. It's strange that the speculum was cold and the room was warm. It's strange that I went home and woke up the next day the same way that I do every day, except my dream was not a dream, but something I wish I had dreamt. The end. <laughs> so I think you touched upon a lot of really, really great areas one of them being you know like how do you deal with this being a part of your identity how do you deal with telling people and that kind of like push and pull of like i want to tell you but like i don't want to tell you but like i do but like i don't and you're just like that's such an internal conflict that you go through and like even now we go through that you know mm -hmm. like new people come into your life and you know you meet new friends and there's like new people who become important to you and you're like hmm, this is a very big part of my life and like it really impacts me and do I tell this person? Do I just like let it go? Like it's really, really hard and it's that idea of like I'm strong and I can take care of myself and I know I can manage this, but it's also nice for people to have my back and be there. Um, and that can be like really challenging, especially on bad days. I think in particular, on the sort of trauma versaries, especially for this one relating to sexual assault. I think about how the first three years on this day, I spent a lot of time like really wanting to talk about it and honestly kind of not relive the event, but I don't want to forget that this happened to me. Like I don't like it. It doesn't feel good, but there's a part of me that's like, this fucking hurt. And like, I'm still here. And like, I, I don't want to have the sort of things that come with being sexually assaulted, such as like PTSD or flashbacks or triggers. But the fact that it did happen to me and that I'm still here, I'm like, okay, I, I need to recognize the sort of value that like I made it through it, right? And I remember on the one year anniversary question mark, trauma anniversary, I think it was, it was my sophomore year of college. No, yeah, my sophomore year of college, my mom had sent me some money to like have dinner on this trauma anniversary, And so my roommate and I, we went and got like $100 worth of sushi. And we sat at our little bar in our little apartment. And we just like talked about a rapist. Like we just ate there. We sat there and we ate sushi and just talked about the weird things about a rapist. And that was something that was really nice to just be able to lean into someone on that day and be able to relate to someone and just repeat the things that I had already told people. But you know, give that memory sort of a space in time. It was nice in a really weird, fucked up way. <laughs> Very proud of you. Thanks, I'm proud of you too. <laughs> I think it's really interesting how kind of for you in particular and admirable that you went from literally not telling anyone, not being able to talk about it, not wanting to talk about it to now we sit here and we talk about it every week. High five. Nice. That was really love you. lame. High five. I love we you want to do better? Here, we'll do better. Okay, ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that was good. <laughs> okay. Moving along. Switching gears a little bit. You know, we're talking about that idea of like telling people. And I think that 
one of the fears of being vulnerable in that sense and like you know whether it's like telling one person or whether it's going up and giving a fucking presentation being like yeah this is my lived experience and like this is what we need to do better whether it's sitting on a podcast and like allowing anyone in the world to like listen to your story it's really scary because you wonder how people will look at you and how they're gonna kind of brand you and how they're gonna try to like change how you identify um and so we're kind of talking about these words that we use like victim and survivor and how they're just like it's just kind of weird yeah like at the end of the day like it's just kind of wacky how you know like we say like oh i'm a survivor like i survived this and that word is rooted in some sort of empowerment and then the word victim society has changed into meaning you're weak like you could have you could have made sure this didn't happen to you like and then how that connotation of the word becomes like it stigmatizes it and then not only that it then changes how people treat you especially Mm -hmm. when we're looking at the justice system how police officers treat you in investigations how attorneys treat you they treat you in this like you are a rape victim manner Whereas, like, so, like, that must mean that you are to blame. Like, we root victim into blame, which is where we get, like, the term, like, victim shaming and victim blaming. Like, we're rooting so much blame into being a victim. And then it's just, like, fucking up how society is, like, doing all these things and how we're going about all these things. It's like we have a big stamp on us that is making, like, like people treat you sometimes like you are a product of your sexual assault aka a victim they treat you like that first instead of just a fucking human first yes and it's also like putting emphasis on us not on the perpetrator right right it's like we are gonna put all these terms on these people who have gone through this like we're like we like see them in this way we see them as weak we see them like as like they're not like they're not in control of like what happens to them and like all this shit and it's like such bullshit and you know like I read all these articles that like women have written Mm -hmm. and they talk about what it felt like and what like it felt like to sit down with like off like police officers and like you know go through an investigation and how they were totally just like torn apart not treated with any respect like a lot of them were like talking about how they were like just shamed in a way because they're like a woman a woman um and like this just goes to show that like we're using this word and it's infiltrating how we're treating these like legal processes and i think like you know that opens up like a whole other area like there's just not enough education like police officers don't know how to treat victims of sexual assault and rape and like violence in general i would say um but then also like how we treat ourselves You know, like so many women, when they think of themselves as a victim, they then start to blame themselves. And so like right now we're talking about this idea of like reclaiming what victim actually fucking means. Or survivor or whatever term like you want to call yourself after this happens. And like I was talking to someone the other day and I'm like, I, I have a really hard time with this like victim, like kind of flip-flopping between being called a victim or being called a survivor and for me it's like oh it's just sometimes easier to use one or the other but I've never really felt like either of them replicates how I feel about 
having been someone who's experienced sexually assault. Sexually assault. (laughs) Having experienced being sexually assaulted. And I do think you're right. Like, I think you totally nailed it that. It's because when I think of the word victim, I think that it's just like the spotlight is on me. I'm this little damsel in distress. And like, I, it's a poor me and it's all my fault. Not a like, literally someone committed a crime. Yeah. on me like what about the perpetrator like we should be talking about them when we're labeling us soon almost going back to that point like it really is like victim equals they're partly to blame mm-hmm. um and that that's just not true you know what i mean like i would love to believe that like i am in control of everything that happens to me but like i know i'm not and like it's just like if someone's like walking down the street and they get mugged that's not their fucking fault. And they are a victim of mugging. Mm-hmm. But we don't look at them as being like, oh, you're weak and pathetic. Right. You're like, shit, like you got mugged. Like that's, that sucks. You know, like, like that's awful. Right. And I feel like we don't even give the same sort of respect in a way in this area, mm-hmm. you know? And that's just like really, really weird to me. And like, I just like, I don't mind either word. Like, I feel like I'm pretty neutral when it comes to using the word victim and using the word survivor. But I also think that, like, using the survivor word does sometimes put a certain emphasis on, like, what you went through. Like, oh, like, you know, you were just raped, but you could have been killed too. So, like, at least you're still alive. Like, at least you survived it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, so now we're taking away, like, we're undermining the fact that I was raped Mm -hmm. when, like, it could have been so much worse. Yeah, and I I don't think there's, like, a right or wrong answer. Like, everyone should use the term that they feel most represents who they are and what they're most comfortable with. But I do think it's understand to put an emphasis on, like, hey, like, we're not using the word victim in the right way. Like, Mm -hmm. we're using it in a way that is just, like, totally undermining you as a person and everything you went through. Or, like, you know, maybe we're not using survivor in the right way sometimes. That's okay to recognize. But, like, we can't be undermining, like, the true meanings of these words and how they are a part of, like, your lived experience. Mm -hmm. There is um, an article that I read that I'll link below from lily.com i think it is and um a woman in it talks about how somebody said to her oh well you're brave and strong because you survived rape and she's like no i was brave and strong before being raped being raped just brought me back to my baseline which is being brave and strong and so like earlier i was saying that i I don't want to forget this experience from the standpoint of like I think it's important to create space for the things that you've gone through. Um, Like, yeah, I'd be kind of lit if I wasn't assaulted, but I was. So therefore, I need to recognize that it happened in order to promote future healing. And sort of with that, sometimes, even though I'm not a fan of like victim or survivor, I use it based on context, kind of whatever Mm -hmm. when I'm sort of feeling that day. So like I'll be driving or on my way to do something that I really don't want to do whether it's something as small as grocery shopping or like in the past giving presentations. And I'd be like, oh, fuck, I really don't want to do this. And then I'll be like, oh, wait, but that one time I survived being raped. So like I can probably get through this presentation, which is kind of a weird thing. But it's something that kind of makes a lot of other things in life feel a little bit easier. But that's one of those moments where I'm like, I actively use the word survivor or survived. No, I do the same thing. Like (laughs) when I actually have a presentation and I'm like, fuck, like I just like, 
I like I don't want to I don't want to give this presentation. Like I I'm not feeling very confident or like nervous, whatever. I just think about the fact like I fucking testified in front of the guy that sexually assaulted me. Like I can do this. Like I can mm-hmm. give this goddamn presentation because I was able to give that testimony you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. it sounds silly but like it does kind of help put things into perspective and help you give yourself the confidence that for some reason maybe you're just not feeling in that moment so I don't think that's weird like I think that like probably a lot of people do that thank you for validating my thoughts (laughs) sometimes we just need that bit of validation so something that like I think I struggle with is the kind of like labeling aspect of all these words like I'm just like worried that if I do go and give a presentation and like make it even like the slightest bit personal then I'm just gonna be labeled as like oh she's a sexual assault victim oh she's a sexual assault survivor oh she's that girl that was sexually assaulted right and I hate that like I hate the idea of like being you know just identified in that way and it just like feels so negative to me but I think that like I have to remind myself that no matter what I say no matter what I tell people choose to tell people like my story is my story and my truth is my truth no matter what the fuck other people say how they label me what their opinions are like I just have to stay true to like what I went through and how that made me feel and how that made me into the person I am today but I do have to remind myself of that because it is scary to like talk about these things whether that's like to a friend to an audience on social media like whatever that might be it's really fucking scary and it's so vulnerable because you're so worried about how people are going to label you and I think that like for me I just do have to constantly be that reminder of like no, like, I'm in control of this narrative. Right. People can say whatever the fuck they're going to say, and that's their goddamn problem. It's not your concern. Yeah. And, like, that is in itself a little bit empowering of, like, people are going to label me that way, they're going to label me that way, but I'm not going to label myself that way. Mm-hmm. Because that's not, like, it's a part of who I am, but it's not it's everything. Not it's not everything that I embody. That's not everything of who I am. That's just a part of me. And that's okay to acknowledge And that's okay for people in my life to acknowledge, but like, don't make that everything that I am. Right. Because that's just not the case. Yeah. It's a piece of life, but it's not all of life. Like you are still Lauren King. I'm still Shannon Porter. And yeah, we're both people who have experienced sexual assault, but that doesn't mean that we are now that experience as a whole. Exactly. And it's interesting because I think about, you know, if someone in your life was killed People around you wouldn't be like, oh, were they really killed though? Like, are they really dead? No one would would look at that scenario and question, you know, your story having experienced someone close to you passing away or being murdered. But being sexually assaulted, it's this thing of like, oh, but were you really? Are you sure? Was were you doing anything to provoke that sort of behavior from the from the other person? Like, th- it's really the only crime that we look at and question the validity of it as a whole Mm -hmm. and that's why all of these issues with victim blaming and victim shaming and this whole controversy around the words in general has come about because we question the validity of the crime as a whole Mm -hmm. and i think that like a lot of that is just questioning the kind of how do i say this like stereotypical ways of women 
you know, when we're talking about like when a woman gets assaulted, you know, like it's like, oh, like she might be lying though. Cause like that guy like broke up with her and she's just like angry and can't control her emotions. Like that's just like a stereotype that we like place on women, especially. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like they try to tell us that in our court case. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fucking hilarious that you like, seriously, like what the fuck? Then the other thing is, is that like, even in like going back to like police investigations and stuff, like women talk about how they were asked, like, what were you wearing? How much were you drinking? Can you tell us about your sexual history? Mm -hmm. Like the fact that any of those questions are just like asked, like that's just like the norm. Like that's the standard. That's what you do is you ask those questions. Like just shows that like, we don't as a society place value on people's experiences when they've gone through that. And I think that is fucking ridiculous and that needs to change. It's also that nobody, like, I don't want to be called something that has bad connections to it. Like saying that you are a sexual assault survivor or a victim of sexual assault, like because it has bad connotations, I think it silences people in a way. Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. Like, why would I want to stand in front of everyone and be like, this is what happened and then have people question my story and question who I am and my honesty as a human and my vulnerability if that judging and that looking at is going to be through a negative lens. Yeah. And that's a huge reason why people don't report because they're just expecting that they're going to sit down and they're going to be questioned. They're going to be blamed. They're going to be shamed, like whatever it might be. So yeah, no shit. You don't want to fucking report that. Like that is just an awful feeling like to sit there and be like, I went through this horrible thing and I can't even feel comfortable enough to go talk about it because the odds are is that man, I'm just going to get judged for it. What, how have we created a culture that like allows for that? Well, I was thinking as you were saying that, I'm having a sort of one of those connection moments again, like I had in episode nine. And so in episode nine, we talked about like consent and all this stuff. And so we're not educating young children about what your body parts are called. And so if you're not educating them on what their body parts are called, then they're not going to know what sexual assault is if it happens to them. And then as you get into high school, we're only having conversations about sex and we're making sex a very uncomfortable conversation. So then we can't talk about sexual assault. So then when, when it happens, people report it less. It's this uncomfortable thing that people don't know how to talk about because it's not normalized to discuss this sort of thing. But with kind of connecting to that and this episode and this whole victim survivor stuff, you know, if we're not being educated on it and it does happen and the terms that we're using to call people who experience this have a negative connotation, then it's just another part of this like cyclical narrative that we're seeing everywhere. So I just, I was feeling like I, in the head, in my head, the dots were connecting. I was doing the paint by numbers Full circle. and I just, Full circle yep, the shape has been painted. Yeah. So. I kind of want to go back for a second and I do want to really quickly like talk about you know, I don't want to undermine anyone's experience and especially like, you know, using the word survivor. Like if you choose that as the word that you want to use, that's awesome. Yeah. Go like for if it. that makes you feel great, awesome. Um, because like for a lot of people, you did fucking survive that shit. Maybe, yeah, maybe you could have died and you got through that. Or, you know, maybe, maybe you did try to kill yourself. 
like the rates of like suicidal ideation, suicidal thoughts, like attempted suicide are so fucking high for victims of rape and sexual assault. And so, you know what? Like maybe you did fucking survive that and like own that shit. You know what I mean? Like it is so unfortunate how the rates of like mental health and all those things are just so, so drastically high in victims. But like it, it's like that for a reason. You know what I mean? Like this is a real mm-hmm. fucking problem and it has real consequences for the people who have like gone through this and dealt with this. And so like, if like you really are like, yeah, like I goddamn survived this. Like there were days that like, honestly, like I thought that I was just going to end it all. Like own that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, don't let anyone take that away from you. And I think it's important to recognize that same with like using like the word victim. Like you're like, I am a victim. I didn't fucking ask for this and I'm still strong. Mm-hmm. I'm not weak. Mm-hmm. I didn't like, I couldn't control this. Like own that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And if anyone questions you, like flipping bird. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the real issue comes in is the way that people have described and sort of twisted the meaning, like the actual definition of these words. Mm-hmm. So to reiterate, if you want to call yourself a survivor, call yourself a survivor. Absolutely. More power to you. If you want to call yourself a victim, call yourself a victim. If you want to call yourself just somebody who's experienced this, then great. The whole point is, is choose what you think is best, not what you think that you should be called because society has told you that. Mm -hmm. When I go give that presentation on like sexual assault legislation, like I'm going to call myself an advocate. Ooh. Because I'm just like fighting for something better. Like it can change. It can be fluid. Like whatever like floats your boat. You know what I mean? Um, And it really just like depends on like what you're doing, where you are. Without being said, you know, I was doing, (laughs) sitting in my law class today, didn't want to pay attention. So I was just, doing some research as one does but I came across this article and I really liked I liked the whole thing and we can link we kind of reference like a lot of articles in this like even if I didn't say I did like there is so we can go ahead and like link all those articles for people Mm -hmm. to read because they're great they're really great and they're very personal too and I really love that like it's really great storytelling um and just like tying it into some of these bigger issues at large get educated Um, yeah so this is an article by a woman named Danielle Campamore um and i just love it like i think it is so well said and it just like wraps up this episode so nicely so (sighs) this is what she says i am brave i am capable i am still healing and sometimes that means staying in bed and sometimes that means willing myself to carry on i am worthy i am flawed i am strong i am weak i have broken places I have found ways to fortify those places to the best of my ability. I have become the victor of the assault I endured, one I am not in any way responsible for. I did not force myself on a bed and ignore every no and stop and don't. Victims don't do that. Assailants do. It's time to reclaim the word victim and repurpose a meaning our culture has tainted in an attempt to silence those of us who have endured utterable anguish. Victim is strength. Victim is persistent. Victim is fortitude. Victim is me. And I really love how she says, like, I am the victor of the assault. I think that is another way that you can, like, look at what you went through. So (laughs) that was a lot. Um, And, you know, these are always constant conversations that we should be having. And, you know, you should be having with yourself as well and with your friends and stuff, too, because 
it's hard to understand your place in the world, especially after you've been through something like this. And so don't put yourself in a fucking box. Don't confine yourself to that. I think it's it would be interesting too if you're someone who kind of struggles with not knowing how to identify as you after going through this to kind of like take some time and honestly like write about it or talk to a friend like you know what do you think it means for you to be a victim to be a survivor to be someone who went through this like really kind of figuring that out because I think it can help with the healing process and just sort of some soul searching I think would be helpful also like reading books about this can be helpful too I'm going to reference like Chanel Miller's Know My Name so good so good and it's so like it's beautiful but it's tragic but she like was always this like unnamed victim in the Brock Turner case and then she wrote this book and was like know my fucking name like this is me this is what I went through like I'm gonna own that shit and it's really well written and I highly highly recommend it thank you guys so much for listening to what they don't say we hope that you have a fantastic rest of your week and with that being said we'll catch you on the flip side cheers Cheers.